Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. We are about to start playing part two of the continuation where I'm talking with my docs and partners about them just being master uh, clinicians and uh, super GPs, and they're going through the whole life cycle of, you know, from online all the way to complex presentation and acceptance, and these are large, sometimes six-digit cases. So if you haven't heard part one, I highly encourage you to stop and go back an episode and get some context for where we're about to go. But if you're ready to go with part two, you've already listened to it, let's rock and roll. We talked about kind of the photos, we talked about aggregating records and baselines. Now I want to get into um, the, the next phase of, you know, a large six-digit case where there's tons of dentistry that needs to be done being able to actually diagnose that, right? So you've got all the records that we talked about, that we just talked about, the aforementioned records, but you have to be able to say, this is what it is, and this is what you need. And then getting into the next step, which is the presentation. So I'd like you guys to take someone from that, because I want to give I want to give scope on what it takes to do giant big cases like this so that someone says like, yeah, I can, I've, got the, I've got the gumption. I really want to get in there. I've got the chops to do all the things that these guys are doing, or maybe I'm already doing it, but I want to tweak this. So tell me a little bit more about that from the, from the diagnosis to then presentation. So uh, I will say, I mean, anytime I do anything like that, you want a blueprint for what you're doing. And so a diagnostic setup, wax up, all that kind of stuff is fundamental in all of these cases. Um, and I, and I guess it matters which case we're talking, talking about, right? Gandhi, if we're talking about an open bite, you know, 28 veneer, you know, FMR case, let's just call it 28 porcelain yeah. restorations, 28, you know, that's a different conversation than maybe one that Curry has a lot, which is an all on X, right? Or a hybrid bridge scenario or- Yeah, and in, and in Curry's situation, it's all of that's done digitally. So it's like, right. it's hard a lot of times to show that, but you can use software like, um, you know, DSD, digital smile design, mm-hmm. um, which you can show people, you know, and, but that you got to understand facial aesthetics, facial aesthetics, um, facial analysis. That's super important. Where do teeth go in the smile? And once you understand those fundamentals, you can design a smile and show people in just a few minutes. This is what I envision for you. And mm-hmm. this is something tangible that you can look at, that this is what I envision for you and you can get their feedback. And that's something that when they say yes, I ultimately share that with the ceramist or the person that's going to design their blueprint, their wax up. Um, and then also, you know, for Curry, he could be, that's something that he could show with, you know, the, the lab that he works with to, to yeah, design. Or showing a, a pre-existing model of what a hybrid denture actually is. And then, a, and having a bunch of before and after photos at the ready to understand, like have, have their light bulb clicked on about like what, this thing is that we're actually talking about because we're no longer talking about just fixing teeth. We're talking about full on like jaw prosthetics. Um, and, and you really need to spend time educating on that angle to make sure, make sure that light bulb goes on. But a big part of it for me is just like, I don't have to get in the weeds with diagnosing with them. They're, if, if they're already on an all on X kind of consult. Now it's different if you're diagnosing out of hygiene and it's like, this person thinks they're here for cleaning and right. find like 28 just blasted crown margins. Like, Oh God, this is going to ruin this person's day. And like, this is going to be blindside them. But most of these people are coming in as consults already having a pretty good idea that they're in distress because they've had trouble chewing or in pain or bad aesthetics or whatever for long enough to Google around and make an appointment to come talk about all on X kind of stuff. So it, that's such a foreign thing for most people that it's more like, 
I do a quick diagnosis from a CT scan and a look in their mouth from all the photos and whatever and, and confirm with myself that this is a doable thing. And then it's a matter of giving them the comfort mm. that we know how to do it and we, we can do it. And if they need to explain, if they need to know the how and the why, we can get into that. Um, but for me, it's all about analogies. Like people can't have a 15-year dental school crash course in an hour and understand like why they need the thing and how we can do the thing. That's not why they're there. Um, they're, they're there to understand that there is a solution, that you know how to do it, that they understand what that solution is, because that's a big part that I harp on. I'm like, look, I inherit a ton of cases um, from some of the big corporate places that do full arch dentistry, and they come in and they're like, I went to sleep thinking I was getting a bunch of implants and teeth, and I woke up and I had like this thing in there. Like, what is, like, why are, why is it white and pink? Why is it only on a handful of implants? Like, holy shit, like nobody nobody told you you? like you didn't like really grasp what a hybrid was you thought you were getting individual like crown and bridge implants that's horrifying that you you didn't get that level of detail much less whatever else you needed you know so analogies is what it's all about for me i use analogies all the time where if you're replacing teeth it's like buying a car and there's generally a handful of tiers that can we can get you a, a golf cart we can get you a toyota we can get you a porsche i can get you a ferrari they're all going to get you around town. Some are going to be way more comfortable, way sexier than the others. Some are going to have a much bigger price tag. If you buy a Porsche or a Toyota, you know, like the baseline Porsche and the top line Toyota, whatever the trim package is, can be huge discrepancies. So mm-hmm. those four buckets are kind of like the shittiest thing in town is a golf cart. Welcome to dentures. Like it'll get you there, but it's going to be a little uncomfortable and it's slow and just kind of not great. Next phase up is implant dentures. Okay, so we got like a Toyota or an Acura or something like that's not it's not free, but it's it's definitely like a lot of bang for your buck. But at the end of the day, you're still driving a Toyota, no matter like let's call it a Honda. Like no matter how many thousands of dollars of kits you put into making your car try to pretend that it's a Ferrari, it's still a Honda, right? Like it's you got to take it out at night. It's made of acrylic. You it's a gangster denture, but it's a denture. Um, mm-hmm. Next phase up would be our Porsche. That's a hybrid denture. So, and realistically, the price tags are intentionally kind of in that ballpark. You know, it's maybe an eighty thousand dollar dual arch because you're buying a Porsche, right? And you came to a Porsche dealership today, and we're not trying to sell you Hondas because I have no interest in selling acrylic, shitty all on fours, whatever. Um, and we can get kind of further into the weeds on that as like the back end of the analogy, but. Then so wait, like you mentioned a Ferrari. What would the Ferrari analogy be? So the Ferrari would be the individual implant crown and bridge. And that's why it's always last. Very few people are good candidates for it. There's oftentimes very little indication for it. Some people, and I'll tell them, I'll be like, look, you know, if you buy a Ferrari, you're not going to go any faster than the Porsche will here in town. Like while you're in Atlanta, you don't need a Ferrari unless you <laughs> feel like driving a Ferrari. Like, and some people want to show that they have money or status and that's like part of the reason for their ferrari it's not necessarily the driving experience it's part of like who they are right we have those too and there's value in that too if patients want to have people know they had work done it's like ladies don't get massive boob jobs trying to be subtle they like they're putting them out there because they want to be looked at like they're yeah. they're 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 making a statement point if they're trying to be supernatural and be in, incognito they're going to go with a much more natural look it's it's in that kind of like are you intentionally flaunting or are you not and a lot of people, bad indications for a Ferrari anyway. You're going to spend a ton of money, and you've already got Perio trying to do 14-millimeter tall crowns. It's going to look like shit. You're going to spend so much money. It's going to be less predictable. And you never want the top thing to be what you're recommending anyway. You want to be number two. You want it to be the second most expensive thing that's the treatment that you actually want them to say yes to. 
and you can educate them on why wasting their money is a waste of their money. Therefore, you are now immediately an advocate for their finances. You are not trying to milk them for all their money. You're looking out for the best bang for their buck, the best care that they can get for their situation. And if they're a Ferrari candidate where it would turn out well, yeah. by all means, educate them on that. Be like, dude, you are a rare instance. It ain't cheap, but it's also the closest thing to getting you back what nature gave you. And if you have that opportunity and you have the means for it, then I'm down to build a Ferrari with you. Like, let's That's do that. a That's great an way. Thing. If you have the means, you know, if you have the desire and after you and you have the means to do it, like this is, you know, I like how you put that in patient benefited verbiage, right? You're not, you're saying like, look, we can do anything, you know, technically I can, I can give you one, but you're a rare candidate. I like that. And that's kind of getting into, I know we're getting the weeds kind of clinically. Uh, well, the weeds for me, but the, that it's, but it's like, still getting in- about teeth and all that, right? Like this price bracket and like life. Well, it's also too good, better, best, what you just described, right? So you gave right. four narrows, but like Gap does this, you know, with Gap, with Old Navy, Gap, and then Banana Republic, right? It gives people options and it takes them from where they are and potentially, you know. So I think that, I think that model works, you know, across all industries, you know, um, which is why car manufacturers, to use the same analogy, have, you know, beginning entry models and the racing models, so to speak. Um <clears throat> Hey Curry, I'm definitely using I'm using the boob analogy tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, which one? Boob analogy. Boob analogy. Oh, yeah, that's incredible. On that one. But you know, like, it's it's real though, right? And and it a is. lot of times, if say the trim package aspect of this, say we're doing going with a overdenture. Now we are talking about a handful of implants on an overdenture. Per implant, absolutely changes the price tag and the quality of the overdenture. If you have an all on X and you have five implants or seven, your, your personal experience doesn't change much. Our overhead does, maybe the longevity of it does, maybe the complexity of it does, maybe the predictability of it does, but the patient experience doesn't change. And in the overdenture situation, it's like, hey, if you put in two, we can make you this denture and you've now got like an entry level Acura. If you put in three or four, you've gotten a higher trim package. You've just added four legs to, to the table instead of two. You're, you will like your Acura better if you get the high-end trim package. You will get return per dollar as you put in on upgrades on stuff like a removable implant denture. One thing I've noticed about you guys is that you're, you're, none of you are afraid to just step in front of it and, and address it on the front end, meaning like this is going to be expensive treatment or you know what you need is going to be expensive versus like waiting, which you see some people's like, I don't want to talk about it yet because I want to get all the way to the the third appointment with where we present the treatment. And then someone's like, Whoa, I could never have done this. Right. But like people come in, even, even when I was doing kind of full mouth, it's like, ah, oh, this is gonna be, a, this is gonna be like a car. Huh? I'm like, yeah, actually a pretty nice car. It's going to be, you know, pretty expensive. My and just rule, my rule is the two times if they ask twice and you got to tell them the first time you ask, they're like, how much is it going to cost? Like, well, Gene and I are going to put together a treatment mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll figure out exactly down to the dollar, what that's going to be. And, and she's kind of the money lady. I talked to you, so like, what are the two questions you got? And we'll, we'll go through all that at the end. Five minutes later. Yeah. But that, like, what, what's this going to talk? All right. Realistically, I'm going to ballpark it because we will tell you the dollar amount, but like probably $40,000 per jaw. And realistically, you're going to benefit right. from two. So like, if you're going to do it well, 80 grand and they're like, for real, like, yeah, for real. Like this is a, this is a hard thing. It, it, it's very expensive to offer. It's really an amazing thing, but you know, like your like your car, it's an investment. But honestly, unlike your car, it's an investment that will daily give you actual return on your health, on your feeling, on your comfort, on your confidence, on your life, whatever. return on life, on your life yeah. you know, potentially but for the rest of have, your life. <laughs> if you can't look them dead in the eyes and tell them that it's worth eighty grand, then you shouldn't be offering that treatment because you wow. don't feel like it's worth eighty grand. Like you really 100%. don't. Like you got to be confident enough to say it at least once, dead eyed, right at them, and 
unflinchingly. And they should talk about it with Gina. My, my time's tooth time. Like, let's, let's talk about that. But like, if that 80 grand immediately is like, well, that is not happening, dog. Like, okay, good. We got that out of the way. So let's talk about the dentures and the overdentures. Mm-hmm. What's doable? What is right. like, I'm not here to shake you down. I'm, you're the, I'm the mechanic. The car that drove in today is this. My job is to offer and educate the best and work backwards. So if I can't do the best, let's do whatever the best is that you can do. Hit me with a number. Okay, let's do 20 grand. All right, let's work with that. Here's what we can do mm-hmm. for 20 grand. And let's think about how you can build up to better. How does that look? And then they immediately also trust that you're not just a totally. grand or I'm out kind of thing, you know? Right. And that it, if you do a couple of those conversations, instantly it's not that hard to say $80,000 to somebody. It's, yeah. it's a big leap the first time. And you're like, kind of like, eh. And they're like, do I, do I feel good about that? But after they realize that that's the going price of a Porsche, you didn't come here for a Honda, man. I'm not trying to sell Hondas. Yeah. If you want a Honda, go, go to wherever and they'll say some acrylic shit you'll be back here well, in three years Sorry. also i think patients also appreciate like if you do talk ballpark numbers high to low at least they know that you're comfortable right offering this type of treatment right. to them right yeah like it goes both ways there's no reason like to sugarcoat you said. anything no What'd reason you to sugarcoat it. there's no yeah. reason to sugarcoat anything i mean why why, yeah. why are you gonna it's get coming you're out gonna in get, a minute yeah eventually it's i liked that you happen. just said honestly the takeaway though Curry is like, look, if you're not comfortable saying the price tag, then you're not, you, you don't see the value in it yourself. Yeah, right? then you're not That's comfortable pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, and so, okay. So obviously Hamilton, and you started touching on this is that like, you, you know, when I think sometimes we as dentists, I'm just going to group all of us collectively in a bucket, not all of us on the pod, but all of us dentists in a bucket is that when we get nervous or uptight or we start getting these pressing questions like that the patient is asking, our default when we get uncomfortable is to go more technical. And maybe you guys agree or not agree, but you, we start talking like dentist, right? And you start saying, well, you know, Mr. Jones, we're going to have to do the scaling and root planing. And then we're going to, you know, after the gross debridement, you know, that's going to be another thing. And then we're going to, and then we're going to lift your sinuses up, right? And then we're going to, and then we're going to take it and we're going to prep your tooth down, right? And so we start saying all the things that are scary as shit, very technical. And it's like, what, what is going on? And so one of the big things I always tell people is like the, 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 the most successful dentists I know aren't the ones that, that have the biggest dental vernacular. It's the ones who are able to, to have a high level of skill and then able to kind of communicate it down. And I think Einstein has a quote like that. I don't know what it is, but it's basically like, go Curry, you know, you're on mute. You're on mute. <laughs> Keep it simple, stupid. Keep no, it that was, so stupid. I, I was banging my oven. I didn't want to be clanging in the background. Um, <laughs> yeah, is Einstein's rule is if you can't explain it to a fifth grader, then you don't know what you're talking about. There you and go. Basically, like you should be able to explain astrophysics to a fifth grader if you actually understand astrophysics. Mm-hmm. And, if, and that's honestly a really good starting point because plenty of our patients have no interest in high high level things. They want the five. Like hit me with that. You know, like a fifth grader is a person. Like if you talk to a fifth grader, like they're they're yeah, I've got one. Brain. I've got yeah, one. She's, right. like, she yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like don't think of them as babies. They're they're no. they can have, hold a conversation. They can process information, but you can do high level stuff on fifth grader vernacular. And but that out. is a good analogy to think like, look, they're probably at the fifth grade educational level in terms of dentistry. Of what dentistry. I'm talking mm-hmm. about, yeah. yeah, right, yeah. And so okay. that is a good place to start communicating and not start saying like, yeah. And and a lot of times people just don't want to know how the sausage is made. They well, just, the they quickest just, way, 
the quickest way to turn somebody off is to talk over them. I mean, yeah. if you want them to shut down completely in your chair, you just start talking about have a, have a conversation with them reclined where they're where they're where they've got stuff <laughs> on their mouth and they're and you're literally standing like over this? them telling them like what they this? need. Yeah. <laughs> Does that work? <laughs> Let's see if we can get you ultimately t- level ten uncomfortable where you can hear yeah. nothing that I'm saying. Oh, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Just leave the oxygen. And that, but that is a good thing. It's like, look, you guys are having these conversations when they're sitting up. You need a knee. You're looking at monitors. You're looking at all mm-hmm. the impressive tech. Your 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 shoulder to shoulder as the guide again, going that the guide or the partner in this. And it's not, you know, you're not you're not they're not reclined and they don't have glasses on. It's bib. You're talking to them as if like, like they're your friend. Because you're, mm-hmm. if they say yes, you're about, they're about to become your friend and become like, you're going to spend some you're, time together. You're right? married. And they're entrusted. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that's a big thing is even the setup of like making sure that person's comfortable. That's why I'm always, always, always guys pressing, even in conferences about like become a master of body language because most of what people tell you, they'll tell you if they're uncomfortable. They will not say, I'm uncomfortable, doc, stop. I don't know what you said, but they will give you a tell, you know, men start doing this. Women start doing this. People start getting clenched hands. They'll start crossing their legs. All the things, those are tells. And I think those are cheat codes. If you ever played video games, you know, you're the cheat codes. I think those are cheat codes to help getting, you know, people uh, unarmed or disarmed from feeling vulnerable. And that's kind of next level dentist presentation, in my opinion, doing the things we just said, like you said, Hamilton is being able to like kind of not dumb it down. I hate that term, but distill mm-hmm. it down. Let's just say right to where you're communicating high, big, big stuff, like complex stuff, video changes and all on X and, you know, all, you know, these complex veneer cases and multidisciplinary cases and re- you're distilling it down. People are like, yeah, I get it. I see what you're going to do. And I see the benefit of, of doing this. Mm-hmm. So that is where I was saying, I think this is, you know, the master dentists that I see aren't the ones that, that know the most or, pun, or, you know, just sit there and pontificate the ones. They're the ones that are highly skilled, but then they are masters at communication. Mm. And those are the ones that are just like, I'm so busy. I can't do anything. You know? Yeah, you're busy. You know why? Because you're, you're presenting the value and, and, and people like you and they feel, they, they, they feel entrusted to you rather than talking talking over Hamilton. So that's a big thing Greg and I talk about. So I just, I, I'm, I don't know why I'm pausing here wanting to insert my value, I guess. <laughs> um, all right. So, so kind of moving along. So obviously there's the presentation. Do all of you guys ultimately end up using a treatment coordinator? Pros and cons. I, I think from a, from what I know the answer to this stuff, but I'm playing, obviously I'm playing, yeah, I'm playing. Yes, the host. It, yes is the answer. Um, you know, one of the things that we were just touching on just a second ago is keeping the separation of, of the genuine true finances mm-hmm. with us doing the work, us doing the diagnostic work, us doing the communicating and educating. It's nice to keep that separation from the financial with that, because I mean, we're the dentist, we're the educators, we're the right. one. You're not saying like, well, more. what payment plan? You don't want to get into that kind of thing. Right. And, um, and, and it also helps, I think, have a liaison because like there are going to be instances where you're going to need someone to kind of say like, hey, can you intercept some of the dialogue? Because there may mm-hmm. not be things that you don't have to be involved in all the, right? right? Well, doc, what about this? All these things. What about the directions to the office? Like you need a liaison to help <laughs> you kind of coordinate all that, that patient coordinator, mm-hmm. patient care um, intermediary, if you will. Um, so you all agree that 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 is a at this level of presentation that is something that is kind of pretty mandatory 
in what we do. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it takes the patient out of that high stress environment of being just purely clinical anyway. Put them in a private room where they can sit Mm -hmm. knee to knee with someone that they feel perhaps less intimidated by, or I don't want to say like equal to, or something in a sense of like that they're not equal to the doctors, but like a lot of people don't feel that way. You know, like they don't, they feel nervous to voice something in front of the doctor or whatever. They're, They're just not totally comfortable. But like when they talk to our treatment coordinator, that's more the their day-to-day person that they're used to interacting with in a much more day-to-day mm-hmm. type scenario. They're they're no longer talking to the guy that just took a glove off after having his hand right. in his throat. You know, mm-hmm. it's like that was a very like exam moment and it's hard to be off. Yeah. Like, like I thought you were the Michelangelo. Like, why are we why are we doing this? Yeah, the money talk. So that's um the analogy part, like the fifth grader part, you can equip your staff also to your team to actually educate on a fifth grade level because they too can master that vernacular and that that uh, that whole sh- kind of just general approach where like they're not the doctor and they shouldn't mm-hmm. have to be responsible for explaining the nuanced intricacies mm-hmm. of the clinical aspect of it but they do need to be able to defend or explain certain steps or reasons why on very just uniform concerns and questions that all patients are going to have about that style of treatment so if, if you can equip your team to have those same fifth grade level conversations and analogies, that's a, that's a weapon or a tool or an instrument that you can give them that's, that's very rewarding for them because they feel like they can talk shop. Remember mm-hmm. that when Dr. Curry was talking about the, the Porsche, it's because of this. Like, remember the Ferrari it's, was the one with all the, the bells and whistles that's kind of just wasteful that really doesn't give you a dollar for your return or whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just a, it's a more digestible thing for everybody involved. And so your consult can kind of continue without you a little more effectively. It's all about like the trust transfer, which I know Pete, you've talked a number yeah. of times on Bulletproof, but in reverse, you know, it's instead of starting off with, with one of your team members creating the trust transfer and the bridge between you and your patient, it's now they are just reinforcing everything that you've just that you've already said. With. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, doc, Dr. Hamilton recommended this and here's why, but Curry, you're mm-hmm. saying have enough have enough know-how to kind of reinforce it on a very topical level, almost not getting back into the, into the weeds, but, but defending, like you were saying, well, why do we do that again? You know, yeah. and being able to defend it without having to say, um, let me, let me go get Dr. Curry right. again. Right. And like already bloody. In a different right. Like, no. You're, 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 you're uh, yeah, bloody in, in someone else's mouth. Right. Um, that sounded weird. Yes, it did. Most of my life, it is. Can it, can it be done without a, treat, a dedicated treatment coordinator? Yes. Does it put, does it make what about an assistant? a lot of strain? Well, I mean, so like in my office, you know, right. we've always, we've had, we just have less, you know, less team members. So we've kind of had a hybrid role for uh, a treatment coordinator, which they ended up taking over other duties just because that's what was necessary. And so every single, my two assistants and two hygienists, we are all treatment coordinators, right? Well, they are all treatment coordinators. So everyone's had to share that load. And so we're kind of seeing in this particular moment, we're seeing a little stress in that. And yes, we do want a dedicated treatment coordinator because it will take a lot of stress off the clinical team to where they can focus on clinical dentistry and we can have a better liaison to handle and handhold those cases to where it's just, 
it's it makes it a lot makes it a lot easier for everybody. but something i see that you guys all do thank you gandhi for saying that you know pointing out that like yes it's great but it's not mandatory first step is actually educating your assistant to be able to do stuff like that and yeah. being comfortable presenting and that's a good skill to have regardless meaning that like like curry even joe beth could jump in there and do and has done it several times even though she's been a chair side clinical believe with you or surgical side is she could do, she's done the, the 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 presentation so i think just having you know cross training if you will of being able to present treatment but also being clinical is, is super helpful in the absence of having someone dedicated to just doing that for you it's also right. a matter of she's heard me use this so many times that's what i was going to say over and over and over that's what i was going to say although i tailor each plan to each person clinically the analogy sustains no matter who right. you are, no matter what we're talking about. There's kind of like four general tiers of treatment that we can then distill down into whatever is going to apply to that person. But like the overarching questions aren't in the details yet. Like the, the, the analogy still holds and they can, they can easily do that. And because you guys come from Curry, like obviously a lot of the, your patients, you guys are all sedation certified. Uh, is that the correct term? Sure. That's sure. That works. All right. You can, you can correct me. You, you can be, you can uh, be a bet. I don't have a better one. We're, right. we're legal to knock you out. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, you're able, what I have witnessed is you guys use those as teaching moments. And Hamilton, I know that's kind of just deep in your DNA from teaching so many so many GPR, but I've watched mm -hmm. you guys kind of at, use that, you know, they're sedated and you're just kind of walking through the case. Hey, you know why I did that? Hey, do you know why I picked up this? Hey, you know, and you almost collaborate within the case. So, and that that is powerful beyond just making their job interesting, A. I think it's powerful going back to what we had just mentioned about being able to stand on your own in the event of like defending, or I like how you said that defending if the patient, if they do have to present and the patient says, hey, what about this? Not to mention getting on the phone with the patient if someone calls from a patient comfort, from a patient experience standpoint, getting on the phone and say, hey, Dr. Dr. Curry is, is in a surgery right now, but is there something I can help you with? Mm -hmm. And actually knowing the right answer because you right. took the time to walk through as opposed to just doing the surgery, shut up, suck my, suck my spit or blood. And I'm moving on. You guys are, 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 <laughs> see how that sounds weird again, Hamilton? Yeah. Hamilton's like, well, a little bit. Know. It's okay. So okay. In y'all's world, it's, you know, there's a lot of blood. So I wanted to insert the blood. Um, Appreciate it. So, so there's value in that. And it goes, beyond, what I'm saying, it goes, it went beyond you just saying, here's a teachable moment. There's actually, there's actually reverberations of the value of that. Well, it's also team building as well. I mean, you're, you're not only, it's not only powerful, but it's, you're empowering them as well, which is huge. I mean, they're going to believe in what you're doing strong enough to where they can speak confidently to your patients about it right. without you in the room. That's, that's huge. That's amazing to be able to have your team to do that. Yep. And that goes back to the first thing we were talking about is the setup and like, Hey, have them watch the, they're able to have more qualified rapport with the patient starting out, even, even when, Hey, we're going to set some videos to watch and you're having kind of introductory dialogue right the triage almost of it um okay so obviously it takes it takes a lot of swagger to be able to 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 be able to say like shit this is gonna be an eighty thousand dollar case it's gonna be a hundred thousand dollar case because the patient needs this and be, then being able to present it to the patient all right new for 2021 we want to invite everyone listening to join us on our private network. It's free to join. Join the conversation at bulletproof.dental. You can even download it in the app store. Just look for the Mighty Network app and you can download it there. But just point your browser to bulletproof.dental 
and join and sign up and start collaborating on um, some of the ideas we discuss on the podcast. Um, there's content there to download, and um, it's all designed to help grow and stimulate us together. Hope everyone has a great day. Where would you recommend if someone wants to go next level get, and give me some recommendations for some CE? Because I get this question a lot, <clears throat> excuse me, from a restorative occlusion video uh, courses, and then also kind of getting into the, the different world. So give me some of your favorite CE and courses. Gandhi, let's start with you. So uh, my journey so far has been, um, I was pretty spear, spear heavy, kind of coming out of residency and into private practice. Um, I've done a lot of their seminars, workshops, um, following their kind of continuum, you would say. Um, and then I took a break from that. And then I, then I took a lot of courses uh, from various people that were just really good at what they did and learning their processes. Um, guys like Miguel Ortiz and Carlos de Carvalho for high level restorative um, and, you know, learning photography. Like I wasn't, I always had a passion for photography, but I needed to learn dental photography. So I had to learn it from someone else. And, you know, now, I feel like I'm at a place where I can teach it to mm -hmm. other people. You do. Um, and I do, and I do. Mm -hmm. So, and that's huge. And that's, you know, to me, that's like the fun, still the fundamental, but um, yeah, Spear. And then I think my next, my next venture is going to be Coist. So that's, that's where I've got my eyes set for my next. Do you think being such an avid photography uh, uh, photographer made you a better, better dentist? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's like looking at your work in high definition. Yeah, brings out all the ugly details. <laughs> all the ugly details. Um, and I think that when you take, when you document your work and you just review your own cases, you learn from your mistakes and every case is always better than the next. And I don't, and I, in, you know, and I don't beat, like, I'll go back and look at some cases that I did two years ago and I'm like, damn, I wish, what the hell was I doing? Like, I, why didn't I do this? Or why didn't I change the gingival zenith to this or to this? But you know, you just, you got to start somewhere. Like totally. you got to start somewhere. And if you don't start, then you're just going to regret it in two years and that you didn't do it. But I think one of the first cases I, I enrolled when I first came to Atlanta Dental Spa was like a $65,000 case. And it was a fixed case with implants. And it was kind of the Ferrari for that patient. And I remember Dr. Curry helped me design that case and plan that case. Um, but it was just, it was one of the situations where it was the first time I could really flex in my own way and, and use all of the skills that I had obtained up until that mm -hmm. moment and just let it all out. And, and it, and it's still, it, it's still working. It's, it's, she's a happy, you know, happy lady. <laughs> that was doing this, Gandhi. Didn't you feel like, yeah, you, you like that was a $65,000 amount of effort and Work. result you know what yeah. i mean like a there's a lot that goes into that for a year and tons of attention to detail not skimping on labs not skimping on appointments where you're having to do temp appointments and developing tissue and mm -hmm. you know like there's a there's a lot into it and when you get to the end of it though you realize like yeah that that price tag matched the quality right. of service that i just provided and that mm -hmm. makes that next consult so much easier because you realize that like that was a reasonable price tag and that's the going rate of 
really high quality dentistry. And Curry, a lot of times I mentioned the price tag and, you know, I kind of started this with like the hundred thousand dollar case. And it's, and it's not so much the, the money as it, I think it gives everyone context of just what you said. It lets you know, like everyone knows when you're talking that level of, of case, it's, it's big time, literally big time spend. And it's a big complicated procedure where you got to have more skills. Um, and, and that's what I'm asking about the CE guys is because so many times, like we show up, you know, a dentist may not have like, look, if all you're holding is a screwdriver in your, in your list, then everything's going to look like a screw. It's like, well, I don't know, like this looks right. But you guys are holding like Swiss army knives. Like, I don't know. Well, I've got this thing. And then if you have to cut you, then I could pull this blade out. And if I've got this corkscrew, I can take the wine. Like, so you guys have, you guys have lots of tools in your tool belt, but you've been dedicated to the process. You're perpetual learners. Um, and, and that's another sign I see of like just, just OG dentists who are just in high demand and they're just doing big cases and doing, getting people healthy and happy and, and, and they are getting rewarded because of that in, at scale. So Hamilton. Yes. What would you say is your recommendation? Well, you know, I, I had the, the incredible advantage of, you know, being affiliated with the school for so long. And, you know, while I was doing my instructing there and, and working as director, I mean, I, I would get, you know, 400 hours of CE a year. Now, part of that was because I was actually doing some of the instructing, but at the same time, we would go off and do the courses. And a lot of the group courses like Hinman and Dental XP, those are amazing if you can take advantage of it and really focus on the specific lecturers that are going to be tailoring what your basic armamentarium is going to be at, at and what you're in your wheelhouse at your particular practice. Um, once I got outside of the school, which I'm going to the school is a great idea. There's some amazing courses that they're doing at MCG and other dental institutions around, um, around the Southeast. But, you know, after I got out of there, I did go to Spear and um, spent some time with Gandhi doing that. Um, Kois was also on my list. Um, I mean, the guy is, I mean, he's tried and true. And right. you always got to continue getting reinforced with the stuff that has been tried and practiced for years and years and years. And it's not like the guy's not coming up with new material. It's amazing. Uh, the guy's a machine. Yeah, uh, one, of the other one, one of the other ones that's on my list is Picos. Um, you know, just getting- He's awesome. He was on our pod. Yeah, and getting, you know, his his skill set is incredible. I mean, he is the best of the best at what he does. And so whenever there is somebody that is that is at that level, I mean, there is no reason not to go ahead and go take courses from them as often as you can. I mean, through my course of, of being director down at the school, I would see people repeatedly, the same, the same hmm. people lecturing over and over again. And it was always different. I always took something home different, different pearls from the same lecturer, and it could even be the same lecture. It, it's amazing how dynamic these things are because every time you go and, see, and listen to somebody, you're always gonna pick up something different. Something That's great better. advice. That's great advice. All right, Curry. Um, you know, I understand that I'm in a little bit of a unique position compared to, to most general dentists <laughs> as far as like what my daily looks like and that I'm primarily in surgery most days. If you're already doing surgery absolutely like what dr hamilton said like picos is incredible um, there's a couple guys um matt fine and israel putterman who um, are on instagram uh as fine and implants dc they run a, a company called surgical influence 
I think they've added Dr. Phil Walton to that. He's a, uh, they're all, they're all periodontists. Phil Walton's out of Canada, like somewhere in Canada, maybe Toronto. I think um, Israel's out of DC and Matt's out of, out of Florida, like Tampa area. Those guys are incredible surgically and educationally. Um, I've taken Picos a number of times and I've always walked away a better surgeon for it. He's an incredible guy and incredible. I mean, like that's, he's forgotten more dentistry than I'll ever learn. Um, but as, as far as like, if you don't do the surgery stuff, but you want to start introducing these cases to your practice, um, BioHorizons puts on a, a course called Teeth Express and it's targeted not necessarily at you doing the surgery. It has a, a version of that too. Um, but it's, it's targeted as you, the restorative dentist who wants to enroll more full arch cases, even if you're not doing the surgery. Like if you're, if you're enrolling the case, having a surgeon to place the implants and then you restore it, which is the majority of dentists in America are doing that. They're not the ones that are doing both the surgery and the restorative, but Teeth Express, it talks a ton about case presentation, about financing, about how to educate your patients in a helpful way. They give you a ton of material, marketing stuff, access to forms that you can kind of make into your own they've done a really nice job with it and you can target it as the restorative guy the surgical guy or both and uh, so a lot of times like a surgeon and a dentist will go to the course together they have various versions too some that are uh, full arch live surgery days where you're doing the prosthetics on a model while the surgery is taking place in the adjacent room the prosthodontist is narrating what's going on the surgeon can chime in from time to time to say like hey this is the surgical decision i'm having to make and hey, prosthodontist, what's your thought on this? Okay, do this, like lean it wow. down so I can have better access. So you get to understand more of the surgical and, and planning process, but then also the conversion aspect of it if you want to do that. But then there's a whole day or two purely at, like purely targeted for patient education and marketing materials and how to treatment plan present. So if you're just trying to get your feet wet by enrolling more cases, not necessarily doing more teeth um, all on X cases, I think that's great money for your dollar kind of or like a bank for your buck if you will yeah i got i got i got one more thing to add um just to give you props dr curry if you ever get an opportunity to see dr curry lecture that that is a fantastic experience yeah when I'm do just, you do I'm that who do you do you do when's your next because i i, I uh, would agree I, i've been um implant placement wise i've been with a, a dso out in texas um through my horizons i've been doing kind of exclusively for them for a little bit not well I mean, that's all I've been doing recently for hands-on placement. Mm-hmm. For lectures in general, I'm kind of open for whatever. I don't think I have one on the books at the moment. We, we postponed a couple due to COVID a while back, but um, a lot of oral surgeons actually bring me in around town to lecture to their own study clubs because I'm kind of a weird hybrid from their world to the general dentist world. So I'm kind of a, a, a conversion or like a bridge mm-hmm. between the two. Um, but I've been doing stuff with, um, honestly, with Instaresa, we're probably going to do some courses coming up that it will be full arch live surgery. What is I'm it? actually doing Instaresa. Instaresa. So talk about forward tech. This is where yeah. there's a facial <laughs> scanner involved with our CT scan oh. and our, our intraoral scan. So we're seeing truly the patient's face in different facial expressions. So we can move the teeth from um, various positions in and out of various facial expressions. And it allows us to have a much more accurate, more predictable treatment plan all the way through. It's about as current cutting days you can get, but uh, recently we've just kind of linked up where we're hoping to do one in December um, as well. Like the, the live surgery would probably be the first week in December here in Atlanta. Uh, we haven't actually released that open yet. We're actually nailing down the dates, but for people who are interested, we probably will be hosting one, which Pete, I haven't run this by you yet, but we're, we have, I've talked <laughs> with Tammy about it, but we're going to shift um, one in our office. Of, uh, yeah. In yeah. John's Creek, we're going to do Tuesday through Thursday, one week, so I can have it Friday, Saturday. We'll We'll lecture in the in the actual um, lobby, and then we'll, we've got two beautiful giant surgical suites. 
where we'll be doing a full arch conversion. I'm not sure if it's single arch or dual arch yet, but we'll be doing two day a two day course um, that's that's going to be pretty sweet, I think. And, but that's yeah. I think the second week in December is most likely when that's going to take place. And we may do a lecture only without the the hands on surgical <laughs> part. We may do that in uh, like fall sometime September. Oh, this there. is a lot. You guys are you guys are making the show notes like going to be poor Lacey's <laughs> going to have to. Uh... Just making the show notes, having to put all the links yeah. in there for all the stuff you guys have mentioned. But it is good because honestly, like Craig, you know, he all he does is well, it's primarily Invisalign. So people are like, what's he? He's like, Invisalign's awesome, right? And yeah. me, I'm like, I don't know, like Tony Robbins is pretty cool. Like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like and so it gives, but people are like, no, that's not what I meant. I want actually like, where is the current day best shit going on in in the space? And so that was what I wanted to kind of make sure it was touched on because we do have a you know, we do have dentists who are wanting to go next level. Any closing remarks or advice or shit, anything, anything you want to, uh, anything you want to impart um, to someone who may be listening that is, is teetering on kind of going bigger with either their presentation or their level of dentistry or whatever. Um, Yeah. Anything. You got it. You got to step out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's. You, I mean, that's. You got to assume that everybody wants the best thing. Always give them the best thing and make them say no to that before you're willing to even talk about whatever the next thing is. If you're if you're gonna and if you're gonna, I, my earbud just died. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Um, if if you're recommending an MOD and composite, recommend an inlay and explain why, mm-hmm. and then work backwards. You know, like you owe it to these people. There, you are the highest level mechanic that they're ever going to pull their cars car into the bay. Like you, they right. want to know what the best thing is. They don't want the patch that'll get them down the road. They want to know. And then they want to be like, that's too expensive. I'm not doing that. They probably still didn't understand the value of it. So you could work mm-hmm. harder there, but like always start super high and work backwards. You'll be astonished at how many people just say yes to super high. And then you're just a yep. better clinician. You're doing better dentistry. That's better for the patient. That's way more lucrative, which therefore makes it more fun regardless of what it is. And it's usually going to last longer and be stronger. So it's like, mm-hmm. you can have that same filling three times over the next 15 years, or you can do one inlay. It's better for the tooth. The patient paid the same in the, in the long run. And it's just was more fun and looks better. And I always default to like telling people like, what would you want in your own mouth? I remember I had the conversation right. with someone's like, well, wait, wait, you don't present two surface composites. I was like, do you want a two surface composite in your mouth? Like versus having an inlay? Yeah. I don't. Inlays yeah. are ultra yeah the best thing you could have like why would you want to put glue and then harden the glue and it's it, too surface mm-hmm. if i mean maybe that's the best option for the patient based on what they want but there's no question that an indirect restoration is a superior restoration yep right Just, so it, when, when you're talking to them take the money out of the equation if you mm-hmm. if you put the money at the forefront it'll always be at the forefront you just got to talk to the patient about what's in their best interest ultimately they will make the best educated decision on what's best for them and i mean if you do your job right which is just talking to them not at them Mm -hmm. they will do the right thing for themselves and if they don't that's not on you anymore that's on them gandhi not everyone's going to say yes but if you be a resource and you are not like you're not essentially selling anything you're just you're educating and you're you're being a resource of knowledge um i've people will come back, people will come back to you and they'll, they'll, they'll come back to you and they'll, they'll even, they'll even thank you for how you've treated them. So 
Don't be afraid to encourage a second opinion either. I'm not scared of those. I mean, if somebody, that's awesome. If some, if somebody's good advice, like, Hammy. Somebody's like, eh, I was like, go go talk to this, go talk to this guy down the street. I don't care. I mean, but when you when you have more of questions come up than questions answered, then come back and talk to me. I'll be happy to talk them through. There you go. Yeah. Absolutely. That's one of the biggest disarming things that I I do routinely. As soon as I can see something wavering, I'm like, and you know what? Like if, if this is stressing me out, if you're if you feel like you're not getting it, if you're overextended, whatever, like go get a second, third, fourth, 18th opinion. Like this is important. This is a big investment. This is a big deal. This is your face. This is your health. You're, you should be ultra comfortable no matter where you are, whether it's my chair or elsewhere. Like, and when in this conversation, the patient realizes that I'm their advocate, right? Like I'm, I'm protecting them. Like, I don't care if it's me, but make sure you go somewhere that's good and safe for you. And like, yeah. if that's here, wonderful. We're, we're excited to be a service, but like, sometimes you got to see what's out there to realize what, what's good. Um, or like what, what really resonates with you. And to Gandhi's point, I don't want everyone to say yes. If I want, if everybody's saying yes, then I'm probably doing a, a crappy job offering the options because I can't, like not everybody can say yes to the best. And so like, you should always be presenting yes to the best. And also like, you can't please everyone. That's hugely important. And there's a, a good quote of like, I don't know what the key to success is, but the key to failure is trying to please everyone. Like you, you mm -hmm. if you're trying to please everyone, it's frustrating as hell. Um, like it's either you have no personality or you're like just staying in a super gray, boring lane that will never offend or, or push away anybody or whatever. Like just, just be yourself, believe in your treatment, encourage them to go elsewhere. Don't worry about if they say no and they'll come begging for you to do it. Like, it's, mm -hmm. oh wait, no, but like, I want you to be my guy. It's like, no, no, man, I don't know. I don't know. Like you should probably go talk to somebody else. And like, this is, this is a lot. And I, I don't feel like we're vibing right now. You should really like make sure that you are totally on board. Cause if you're on board with my treatment, like that's what's critical. And cause we're going to be diving in. Like, I want you to be understanding every part of the way. Cause we're getting married. Like I, I expect this to go well. And I expect to see you forever forward to do maintenance on your hybrid. Like we're getting married. I don't want to skimp on doing four implants. I'm going to go big and get you five or six so that this works forever. So that you're not trying to get pissed at me for being a cheapskate in five years and something's failing. Like Go talk to other people, see what their plan is, see what their material is, see how many implants they're going to use, see what, like, ask them questions about X, Y, and Z, but, like, I don't, it doesn't have to be me, but, like, make sure you're going to a place that's safe and good for you. And the moment you're, like, mm -hmm. backing away, they're, they're throwing money at you, like, wait, 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 you're saying you don't want me? Well, guys, I will just say, I think, I, I know you all personally, obviously, uh, um, I think you're a gift to the profession. Um, I think you're a gift to the patient's that you that you are able to work on um your care is unrivaled your skills unrivaled and i'm blessed to be able to learn from you and be your partner and and keep you know progressing the vision that we have kind of down the field um and i really 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 from the bottom of my heart appreciate the time that you spent here tonight and i know we've all got you know things things more pressing than doing podcasts right after work and such but but a lot of people will get tremendous value from from hearing what you said tonight and uh yeah just thank you for your time Thank you, Pete. Thanks for having us, man. Thank you. Hey, guys. Sure. All right, guys. It's another episode of the Bulletproof Podcast. Bulletproof Dental Pod. We are out. <laughs>